Welcome to the Ecom Breakthrough Podcast. Are you ready to unlock the full potential and growth in your business? You've already crossed seven figures in sales, but the challenge is knowing how to take your business to the next level. Join Josh Hadley, an eight-figure e-com business owner and investor, as he interviews highly successful business owners. Get ready, because you're going to learn specific actions you can take today to help your business reach its full potential and leave a lasting impact on the world. Welcome to the Ecom Breakthrough Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hadley, where I interview the top business leaders in e-commerce. Past guests include Adam Heist, Kevin King, and Michael E. Gerber, the author of The E-Myth. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Max Sinclair, the founder and CEO of Ecomtent, and we're going to be talking a lot about understanding how generative AI is going to revolutionize e-commerce. This episode is brought to you by Ecom Breakthrough Consulting, where I help seven-figure companies grow to eight figures and beyond. Listen, Max, I started my business back in 2015 and grew it to an eight-figure brand in seven years. But I made a lot of mistakes along the way that made the path of getting to eight figures take a lot longer than it needed to. I certainly made a lot of mistakes as it relates to hiring team members, figuring out what type of team members that I actually need to bring on to my team, understanding the finances of my business and cash flow. And I wish I would have had a mentor along the way to help me overcome a lot of those stumbling blocks and hit the ground running faster. So to our listeners, those of you who have hit similar stumbling blocks and want to know the next steps to take your brand to the next level, then go to ecombreakthrough.com. That's ecom with two M's to learn more. And as a special bonus to my podcast listeners, this month I'm giving away one $10,000 comprehensive business strategy audit session at no cost. All you need to do is email me at josh at ecombreakthrough.com and in your subject line, say strategy audit, and then plead your case as to why I should choose you and your brand to work with this month. Today, I am super excited to introduce you all to Max Sinclair. He is the founder and CEO of ecomtent.ai. Ecomtent enables the creation of product listings with generative AI, including creating lifestyle images of your product in any scenario and generating optimized copy and infographics. Prior to founding Ecomtent, Max spent over six years working at Amazon. He held a number of leadership roles, including the launch of Amazon B2B in the UK, owning the customer browse and catalog quality for the launch of Amazon in Singapore. So with that introduction, welcome to the show, Max. Thank you, Josh. Great to be here. And I've now got a new goal of being one of the three names that you kind of intro with. So hopefully one day. That, that will be me in there as a, as a leader. But yeah, great to be here. Thank you. I love it. Well, Max, you, you've obviously got a great background. And I think specifically, you've actually worked inside the trenches at Amazon, oh, yeah. which gives you a whole different perspective than those of us who have only just been selling on Amazon. And I'd be curious yeah. to hear your thoughts on that. You know, how do you see that as one of your advantages? Like, what what mm-hmm. have you learned from working at Amazon that now kind of gives you a better understanding or has opened up your eyes to different things that maybe sellers don't understand? It's a great uh, well, it's a great question, and I like the the phrase that that you use in the trenches because I can tell you when um when when I first started, I was in kind of like a sales role. I was basically like my first three months, and I moved quickly out of it because I hated it. Now I'm in a sales role, obviously, because I'm a CEO. So, like, I'm glad I've done it. But um, I was in, like, cold calling, and I was 
outreaching people. This is in 2016 to like start a business, like e-commerce business, uh, sorry, non-e-commerce businesses to come and sell on Amazon. And this is probably unbelievable to the listeners right now, but I'd call people up and they wouldn't have heard of Amazon. I'd be like, hi, oh, Max, we're calling from Amazon. And they're like, what's Amazon? And <laughs> so that was an interesting experience. But yeah, like at that time, we used to say we're in the trenches quite a lot because it's, a, it's very, very tough doing it like that kind of role. Um, and I'm sure anyone who's done a sales role can know. So that's, that kind of made me smile. Um, what have I learned most about uh, from um, I'd say two things. Like, first of all, I'd say culture. And second of all, I'd say like understanding like Amazon's like the, thinking like like the kind of logic that Amazon applies to stuff and it, it you know it's helpful when you know as, as we look to build tools for sellers so like first of all on the culture like I think uh, when I was there I was there from 2016 to 2022 so um, I actually like I actually kind of witnessed like a quite a shift in, in culture during that time when I joined the company was about 350,000 people so like more and like not 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 small, but like when I left, it was over two million. So like the, the the growth was incredible during that time, right? And the culture was super 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 strong. Whereas like we had these leadership principles, maybe you've heard of them: uh, ownership, dive deep, deliver result, um, earn trust, learn to be curious. We had twelve of them, and these weren't just like things that you put on the wall and you never thought about again. Like this was in every single discussion you had with your manager. It was in every single meeting you had with the team, like every all hands, like Jeff at the time would do, basically he'd do a global all hands every quarter. And he'd say, this, our, our leadership principle is earns trust. And like, this is how I'm thinking about earning trust with customers. Like at my level right now, like this is, these are the things we're doing. Maybe we've launched X, Y, Z. And like that would completely filter down throughout the whole company. And it, it made Amazon a very easy place to communicate internally because everyone sang from the same hymn sheet so you could talk to partner teams you know uh, like in tech or like as i kind of you know and actually as you mentioned i went over to singapore and i think part of the reason that they kind of uh, they had that internal um in the enablement of like taking people like it's called the global talent program they literally take people from like you know established marketplaces send them out to a new one to, to help launch and like the main thing our job was really was like the culture because you'd be coming in there and they'd have hired a bunch of people who aren't Amazonians, um, who never really, you know, who base, you know, they're local, so they understand, which is super important. They understand the customer and then, you know, the local traditions, they speak the language, like I don't speak any Chinese, like, you know, but, you know, they didn't understand how Amazon works. And our job was kind of like a big part of it. Obviously we had like day-to-day -day role, but was to kind of, you know, be a sponge of that culture so people could see how to work. Um, so, you know, that's something that we've taken into our own company. I, I'd say, I'd say um, the second thing is how Amazon thinks. Um, this is super important when like we're building tools like, you know, I know, I know pretty well how A9 works. I know, you know, I have mentors in that team. I know where they're going with it. Like I, I'm still in contact with some people I used to work with there. Um, and I like, I, I understand like, th like their goals from six years working there and, and like what that means now. And therefore like, what we should do and what we shouldn't do in our tools. And I can give you one concrete example of that. You know, the, the biggest example is like, everyone knows that ChatGPT is around. Uh, everyone knows that you can go on Helium 10 and you can get a bunch of keywords. Every other like AI, we have like an AI listing copy tool. And the one difference between my tool, any content and everyone else's tool, and I'm not going to name them specifically, is that everyone else is focused on keyword stuffing. Take this keyword, 
stuff them in as much as you can, use AI. It's super, you know, not hard. You get an Amazon API, you get ChatGPT, bung it together, there's your listing. That's not at all how Amazon thinks, right? Amazon cares about the quality of their listings. They, they care about, you know, giving a great customer experience. They know that sellers are looking at little tips and, you know, tricks and whatever else to try and get ahead. And they, the algorithms are extremely complex and they're not just looking at keywords. They're looking at, you know, does the customer come onto your listing and then move off to another listing in the similar category? Because if it does that, then clearly your listing isn't, isn't answering the question they're looking for, which is going to, you know, impact you. And, and they're, you know, they're, they're looking at how long people stay on the listing and obviously com- conversion, obviously. But like there's multiple things they're looking at, which means that there's no, sh- like there's no kind of, um, keep code in this, right? There's no like, let's just stuff a load of keywords and then we're going to have an amazing, you know, and then suddenly we're going to sell. And I guarantee like if any of your, by, definitely by the time this comes out next year, but like even at this point, like anyone who's actually used one of these tools, has your ranking gone up? Has your conversion gone up? No. <laughs> I, I, I pretty, I, I'd almost guarantee no, because they're super aware of like, they're super aware that this is happening and that anyone like, you don't even need to be using a tool. You could just do it yourself on ChatGPT and, and, and keywords. So like that's one small example of like how it frames how we think about what we're building here. Interesting. No, I love that. I think that, you know, to our listeners, you're, you're hearing from somebody that understands intimately the A9 algorithm that helps rank and categorize products on Amazon. So Max is not just shooting from the hip of thinking, you know, this is the way I think things work. Max knows yeah. exactly what is working. Now he's not privileged enough to be able to say this. I don't, I, I, I don't like it's an algorithm. There's different weights. They change the weights constantly. And I haven't been in the business for a year. So I like, I'm not saying that I know the, the A9 algorithms, but I know the core things that come in and I've set yeah. up a marketplace on the back end, right? Like I've set up a browse, like literally launched a browse. Another Singapore. So I understand like how that interacts with A9. And yeah, so I have, a, I have like a basic foundation, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. You have the frame. And I think that's, yeah. that's the most important thing. So, Max, knowing that you have this background of A9, mm-hmm. what would be your actionable like takeaway for these sellers that are listening that are seven figure sellers? They want to scale to eight figures and beyond. Yeah. What would be your number one like advice or recommendation for them moving sure. forward? I mean, I'm not like, I think the best thing you can do on like, if we're talking about a listing, is make a listing that your customers actually want, right? <laughs> make something that reads naturally in a human way. Keywords are obviously important. And I'm not saying, you know, don't put keywords in there. And you should definitely have like, you know, your most important keywords in the title. But also, I think that what we've tried to build and what we have built is like the psychological elements of like, how the copy should work in, in, in the text, for example. So like, you know, introducing scarcity, like buy now before, you know, Christmas stock w- runs out or something like that. No, we're not, we're not in Christmas anymore. Maybe we're by Prime Day, but like buy now before Prime Day stocks run out. Introducing like, enab- like enabling the customer to visualize using your product. Um, not, not just like, you know, like, I don't know, playing a game with your, like if you're selling a card game, like playing a game with your family. Um, or, uh, you know, or, you know, hiking up a mountain, like there's certain, um, and, and then making that like cohesive across the listing, um, with the lifestyle images, 
um, with the infographic. Um, I think that, um, and that's, you know, that, that's how I would, how I think about it. And do I think AI can do this? Definitely, right? But I think you have to have smart AI. I don't think you can just like use something which is a plug into chat GPT and create this. Um, so, you know, I think you would be able to get there. Like, you know, you can get there for free with, with prompting and, and rewriting yourself, um, for sure. Yeah. No, make, makes a lot of sense. So focusing on, you know, what Amazon cares about is the customer experience. It's a great so like, customer experience. Exactly. Like, it's not complicated. Yeah. Focus on that. And then, yeah. like, I think you shouldn't second guess how complex and intelligent these algorithms are. They are, and it's not one algorithm. There's multiple, and they have different weights, and they change the weights based on all of these metrics that they're, you know, they're looking at. Uh, uh, so it, you're, you're not going to be able to, like, I don't think you're going to be able to cheat the system. Like, you're going to have to have a great product first and foremostly, right? They're going to realize that, and then beyond that, you can definitely, you know, have a great product listing and uh, that, that that reads like a human and like, in, you know, triggers all those things and has the right keyword and you know everything else. Yeah, no, makes makes a lot of sense. It goes back to a very basic foundation of business 101, which is create a really good product that's unique, that's differentiated, yeah. and then create listing images and product copy that sells it, that helps people understand how it's going to solve their pain points. And yeah. obviously, e-content does a lot of that. But Max, you are so heavily invested in AI You've been studying AI, you've been looking at, you know, where the puck is moving and how yeah. AI is literally going to revolutionize e-commerce as a whole. We also know that Amazon has Project Nile, right? Which yeah. is like, how do they incorporate AI into the customer experience when they're searching for products? So, mm -hmm. Max, I'm curious, I want to ask you this question. How do you feel like AI is going to change e-commerce in the next three to five years? Well, in the next three to five years, I think the immediate one, which may like this may be historical by the time this is coming out, right? But I, I think the major one is there will have to be a co-pilot. Like, as you say, Project Nod, there will have to be a co-pilot on Amazon where you kind of have this kind of chat GPT or, or being experienced. You type in, you know, a product. Amazon has like, if you think about the advantages they have, it's all of the data on their customers, right? So rather than surfacing something when i say like i'm looking for a new t-shirt they know that i'm a size medium because i always buy medium they know that i always buy these specific colors they know i'm you know well where i'm based and and like what the maybe what the trends are in this area so like they have a they they have a huge advantage in in doing this and you're already seeing like um like uh startup copiers like someone they're called like ollie.ai basically it's like shopping but text to you know like a chat gpt thing where you text and like i'm looking for a t-shirt and they'll like give you that experience now the the killer of this is obviously ppc right like when you're doing this you're surfacing three or four or five i don't know like a small number of highly targeted highly highly relevant products and you're kind of getting rid of like this like search and scroll but i think it's like similar to how google you know how, how this is happening at google like i think amazon I, I, like my impression of Andy Jassy is like he's absolutely the right man to do this. Like he's he's running he running AWS for twenty years or how long it's been. Right, like this is his like bread and butter. Um, maybe they even knew like they even forced like I don't know because it was like twenty nineteen when he came, so they probably had it like didn't 
didn't know, but it's certainly good luck, right? Or maybe maybe they didn't know, maybe they're cleverer than I am, right? But maybe they kind of, you know, he's the right man to take Amazon through this transition. I think knowing all the problems that, that, that Amazon faces in terms of like, you know, they've got too much square footage and they're bringing it back from COVID and like they've done a bunch of redundancies and like, you know, it's an absolutely exciting direction that you can imagine like they're very passionate and excited about. So I think they're highly, highly motivated to go in this direction. And I'm sure they will. And obviously Project Now, like it's not, it's not really a secret anymore. Like they are and they've hired these people, like, you know, it came, like they've hired, I think almost like six months ago now, like people with a job description, which literally said like reinvent search. So it's definitely coming. And I think it'll be coming soon. And I would imagine at first it'll be a co-pilot, um, which is kind of like, uh, you, you know, like on the bit, if you've used Bing Chrome where you can use main search or you can use this like AI powered search. I think uh, like, my my guess is like different customers will want different things and like it will evolve. But certainly the the pullback is 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 um is is PPC and obviously Amazon now makes more money for its advertising business and its Prime membership. It's it's an enormous amount. I think it's like forty billion like uh, of revenue for advertising. And that's going to have to be you know they're going to have to kill it in some ways, um, which obviously changes the game for sellers and how they think about um you know, how they think about their businesses. But again, if you think about what Amazon's trying to do, it's, you know, it's, it's like its objective, like statement objective is to make the world's most, uh, the earth's most customer-centric company. That's the mission of Amazon, right? So therefore, like, like is having a massive advertising business the most customer-centric company? No, right, it's not. So I think they'll, they'll, be, they'll be very happy to kind of take those risks and you've got new leadership and I think you'll be very motivated to like oversee this. So I think it's definitely coming. And I think the whole PPC game is going to change. I think the biggest risk that Amazon faces is kind of what, and this is on the more the five-year spectrum to your question, is what happens with the likes of uh, Inflection AI and like, you know, which is a startup, Reid Hoffman, founder of LinkedIn and PayPal and a uh, big investor in OpenAI has, ha, has, you know, has founded, co-founded. Um, and like this, these kind of like AGI, these, the, you know, the, the whole discussion around like um, actual like, you know, what we have now, which is generative AI, has no inherent intelligence to it. And we can get into that discussion. But like this intelligence is coming and everyone's very worried about it. Right. Like there's been this summit in the UK with Rishi Sunak, the prime minister and Elon Musk. Like this stuff is coming and it's not not far away. So how that changes the game for Amazon, because in that world, you, you, you could you could um, see like a personal AI assistant. It knows you even more intimately than than an Amazon does, uh, maybe because you're talking to it, maybe because it's managing your calendar and it's managing your, you know, it's just managing a lot more stuff for you. So it has a lot more better data. And you don't even go to an Amazon. You go to this, your this personal assistant AI and you say, hey, like my light's broken. And it knows what light bulb you have because it's plugged into your, you know, your, your smart home or like, you know, something like this. So I think that's the risk. That's the biggest risk that they have, which is kind of like this new platform, which is going to be like, you know, a new the new web, the new mobile, like, hack, is there is there space for like a very well-funded startup like Inflection AI to come in and have like something which is just so much more convenient that like actually people don't people don't go to Amazon anymore because they just mm. they just trust like this AI agent to do it for them. Yeah, that's a very interesting concept, um, and I think that you know as time goes on, you know we'll continue to see e-commerce continue to evolve and. I mean, certainly we've seen Amazon evolve over the last decade as well, yeah. right? And so 
most importantly, it's just, you know, staying in tune with what's going on and mm-hmm. start making adjustments to your business. So, Max, my question would be this then. What is what would be your advice and recommendations to an Amazon seller if knowing these changes that are going to occur with AI, even though we don't know exactly the entire impact of the yeah. AI implementation, what would be your advice for them today? So my advice, my advice today is would be pretty simple. Like, I think just as sellers have got, you know, online sellers have got very used to like using the web and like managing everything through their laptop and like maybe working remotely and kind of, you know, managing people across multiple time zones. You know, they, they got very used to this. This is another revolution coming. This arguably is bigger. Um, and therefore they need to get used to it. And, and like, like I'm so bullish on this. I think it's got like generative AI, less on AGI, which I think is quite scary, but like on the generative AI where we are right now, I think there's so much opportunity for scaling teams, right? Like just scaling the impact of one or two people teams to do like 10x the work they could do a year ago. And which is why like I'm super confident in, in what we're doing, you know, at, at like, uh, uh, you know, in um hugging face, like 40 or 60% of the code, I can't remember what it is, like AI written now. So like the base code is written by AI, all the boring stuff, template stuff, and then you like write on top of it. So you can really augment, um, I don't know what percentage of like, Amazon listings and whatnot are by AI, but I guarantee, like, I would not be, you know, when we started this business with, like a year ago, like we kind of thought it could be like, you know, it's gone a lot quicker than I assumed, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if like 80% of like, you know, listings and images are generated by AI on, on Amazon and elsewhere soon. So I think getting, getting into it, I know it sounds very cliche, but like getting into it, there's multiple ways of, of um, delivering a greater customer experience and augmenting your team, whether that be in, um, customer service and having like, um, you know, really um, tailored like customer service and helpful customer service on, you know, that you're doing, which is like augmented by AI, what we do, which is like the content, the product listings, the images, the infographics. Um, I, I like, I, I think there's so many, like, I think forecasting as well, like how you're forecasting your inventory because generative AI will be better at um, predicting like what you're going to need and when. Um, I think there's like just getting just getting into it, getting used to it, getting used to it, understanding like the base concepts of what it is. Like it, it, it's super important to not view this as like some kind of magical thing. It's not magical. These are master prediction engines, um, and, and 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 like understanding exactly like how it works, just on a, on like a basic fundamental level, and then starting to pilot it make you more adapt to like when these changes come at Amazon and Shopify and everywhere else, which are which are definitely coming. Yeah, makes a lot of sense to so to just kind of reiterate what you talked about. Really, you don't know the full spectrum of how AI is going to impact Amazon. But what you can start doing today is start implementing AI into your own business. How are you able to scale your own team? Start getting involved in AI. Don't, you know, pull the covers over your head and think that it's going to go away. Start slowly adopting it in your own business. Because as time evolves, you'll be able to see how that will kind of, you know, propel you to the next version of whatever Amazon looks like down the road. So, Max, offline, we also talked about how, you know, AI is breaking down a lot of barriers to entry, um, Mm -hmm. especially for overseas sellers. And it's going to make the marketplace even more competitive than it already is today. So, Max, how does a U.S.-based seller 
compete with people that are overseas competitors. Yeah, I, I, like this is definitely a massive trend which is going to happen. And like once upon a time, and I won't won't quote the numbers, but once upon a time uh, when I was working in like Amazon UK core, like I was reporting on non-domestic sellers, and like you know each week we would have like so each month we'd have like what's called an MBR monthly business review, and like this would go to like the like the head of Amazon UK, and like I was like adding in my little paragraph about like how non non-domestic you know sellers in the UK business was going, and it was like. Yeah, they were they were really going, and I think whilst in in a past life it was very easy to identify what the non domestic seller you know which which ASINs was theirs right because they had super bad very obviously photoshopped product imagery the text kind of like was badly spelled so it didn't make sense and it's very obvious that now um, this is completely changing and like the highest like if you look at a map of like the highest search concentration for like the words chat GPT and not concentration, not like mass volumes is in, is in China, right? Like these guys, I think it, I think it's actually illegal in China, but at the same time, I think a lot of people there, I'm not Chinese, but I think there's a lot of VPN usage to kind of get around these things. And I think whatever, like it's definitely, don't quote me on any of this, but it's like, it's, you know, it's definitely being mass used, right? Or like a, maybe not chat GPT, but like a tool, you know, one of these tools. So. I think I think the kind of one moat that they had, the domestic sellers had, is kind of now evaporated of like high, like you know, you call this kind of high quality perception. I think what the advantage that the, the domestic sellers have over the the non-domestic still remains like proximity to the customer, right? Fundamentally, you know, um, I think they know the customer. Hopefully, they have a community. I think that's very important where they can talk to the customers. And they like this is a huge, huge, huge advantage, right? And this kind of this process, and it's something that we're very, like I'm personally very focused on. Like I try and talk to one customer a day of e-content, um, understanding like what do they use, what, like what do they see as a substitution for us, which is sometimes like really interesting because they're not like a direct competitor, but it's like a completely different substitution that you would never imagine. Uh, people are like comparing to like understanding. Um, and this is maybe more in the more you know more relevant for someone like me, but it's definitely relevant in a also in a kind of product based business is like what what couldn't they do with your product that then they like not not a feature that they like to have, which is kind of nice to know, but it's it's not super useful. What's really useful is like what did they try and solve beyond what you like in your space that you couldn't do that like um for, for like for example like we like again this is a that. Thing, but like on our tool, we saw a lot of people generating images, and then they're trying to add extra elements to the images through Photoshop and whatever else. And it like that action of like people actually care enough to like do it, and then go and find another solution like on top of our existing product. When they're okay, we're just going to build like a simple edit thing where you can like circle past the image and regenerate it. So and th- and that comes from just dis- like discussing with your customers what you know. Um, or, or customer profiles, if you know, if you don't know your customers and Amazon, talking to them frequently, understanding like what other pain points they have, and like have actively tried to solve. Like maybe like this is a stupid example I'm making off the top of my head, but like if you're selling like a coffee mug and they don't think it's warm enough, so they keep on microwaving it like before they go out or whatever. Like you can see, okay, like the the heat needs to go up because they like actively try to to do that like action. So I think that and that and that's a key advantage. You don't have that if you're non-domestic. It's super super hard to 
talk to the customers. And that's something that I would encourage people to really, really lean into. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. So to digest all of that really is building a community for your brand yeah. and then being closer to the customer. And I would argue that that will still remain a very big competitive advantage. Oh. And you need to double down on that even further as the barriers to entry of, you know, listing copy and images gets broken down, but mm -hmm. you can still design and create products that exactly. better meet the needs of the US or the UK market, wherever it is that you're selling into, if you know those customers better. And it's a, it's a fundamental advantage that will never change, right? Like, obviously, they have the advantage on, on price. Um, but like, if you know your customer, like, and this is why I think like, you know, startups like us can exist where there's like much bigger, like carbon sixes or helium tens. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not saying they're not talking to their customers, but like we have a specific use case. We're talking to people every day and we're understanding, like we have a closer understanding and we're like dedicating our limited resource to that specific thing. And it's the same you could do with, with it in a product business. Um, and it, and it, it's a huge, it's a huge advantage compared to um, the, the Chinese stomach. So yeah, I, I definitely encourage people to lean into it. I love that. I love that. Max, you also talked about, you know, one of the recommendations that you've had in the past has been to, for people to maybe consider start diversifying off of Amazon to yeah. one extent or another. Um, give me your thoughts. Why, why would you encourage people to diversify even though Amazon continues to theoretically take over the world of e-commerce? Uh, what's the importance of that and why? Yeah, well, I can, I can repeat a story what I was saying beforehand, which is like, I, I, as I mentioned, I used to be an account manager. So this is probably about nine months into my role at Amazon. And we used to, as account managers, be able to see the individuals and seller support who were working on our, on our ticket. So like, you could literally like think we have this, it's called a phone book, I think. And like, uh, so you could literally look them up, chime them, just message them on Slack, or like the internal Slack we have. And just be like, hey, like blah blah blah. That was removed um, maybe six months into in, into 2016. So like account managers can no longer like directly influence um, the support manager, the support people, like in in the Bangladesh or Hyderabad or wherever they are. And I mean, like you'd say, like why, like you know, why are they doing that? It's very obvious. Like if you care about the best customer service, like you know, super customer specific, you actually don't want internal people kind of like tricking the system and helping helping sellers who may or may not have done any wrongdoing. Like, you know, obviously I'm very biased for my sellers. My rev Their revenue is tied to my goals. I need to hit my goals. I'm going to do what I can to get them unblocked ASAP. So they, you know, they did it for, for that reason, right? They, they're customer obsessed. They want to they wanna have the best like end customer experience and sellers come second, like they do. Um, so like, and, and I saw like horror stories, as I was saying, like, um, you know, I remember one lady who kind of came down from Leeds, which is about four four hours away from from our offices, came all the way down to the office, kind of unannounced, to try and meet with me uh, because she was very stressed about having to fire um, like her warehouse workers. And I completely emphasised it was a very tough situation, but like there's kind of limited stuff that I could do and the limited stuff that she could do um, in this new environment, apart from like submit it and, and wait to see what happens. So I think you know diversification is super important. You never want to be like wholly dependent on something. And like, again, I'm not going to plug my content, but there are AI tools like e-content, but there's also a lot of them, which make this diversification a whole lot easier now. Um, and, you know, there's many, many up and coming marketplaces 
um, everyone has talked about Walmart, you know, to timestamp this, we're in November 23, like everyone's talking about Walmart, everyone's saying it's like five years behind where Amazon what is now and like you want to get on there. Um, but there's others, right? Like, you know, um, and, and niche ones. So like it, when I talk to our customers, like we have a customer who does like um, uh, like organic flour and she is selling on Fair, I think it's called, and she's loving it. It's a huge channel for her because that's a good niche and we have, you know, customers in the furniture area and there's, you know, obviously they sell on Wayfair and they sell on, I think it's called Bed Bath & Beyond or something related to this. And it's a decent, um, you know, it's a decent additional revenue for them. So, and if you kind of, if you're making a bet, which I think is a good bet, which is like this whole e-commerce shopping is going to change and there's there could be AI agents in the future, which like, it's not like science fiction, like people are actively working on this and some of like the best entrepreneurs, best funded entrepreneurs in the world are like, working on this like it's a fair bet to say hey i want my products on them as much places as possible so like they can be picked up by these agents and bought like imagine if like there's some massive kind of thing between a- a- amazon and like um these these new companies like they used to be with amazon and apple where they're like we're not going to touch like amazon and apple had like this huge thing where they wouldn't list on each other for like years and eventually now they do but like for ages like you couldn't buy apple on amazon um so like something like this could happen in the future and then like you're missing out on you know, everyone using another channel and like a new kind of shopping mode. So I would definitely like diversification is, is definitely a, a good strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So you recommended, you know, getting on Walmart fair, uh, getting on to, right? Yeah. Yeah. It depends where, Every, yeah but. Do what's best for your brand. Right. But those are just a few of the, the places that you could go. You could go to eBay, your own yep. D2C website, eBay. Shopify, right? Uh, TikTok shop, the list goes on and on. But most important thing I think to take away from that is that you should always be testing, right? And just because something has all been working well for you, sometimes it's good to double down on that. And arguably, that's where you should go first. But then Mm -hmm. secondly, you also need to be kind of skating where the puck is going to be going. And you've got to at least put your fishing pole in the water in some of these other places, just to see if you could start getting some traction there. Um, yeah. because it does, it allows you to sleep better at night. It allows you to be more bulletproof and less dependent on Amazon that honestly, they can just make some honest mistakes on your account and you could just be locked up for a couple months yeah. for no good reason. And it was just an innocent error. Yeah. Right? And that happens. Yeah. Um, and Ed Rosenberg does a great job of like highlighting this and it happens all the time. And it's really like, it's very sad. Like people, you know, people are locked out and, um, uh, in the stuff that you can do. Um, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Max, what else is on your mind in how AI is going to revolutionize e-commerce yeah. and what what recommendations or advice would you give to anybody, whether it's AI or not, for scaling from seven to eight figures and beyond? Um, uh, okay, what else is on my mind? So, you know, we're in Q4, but I'm not going to talk about Q4 because it's not coming out of Q4. Um, we talked about like I think a bit the big one which we talked about was uh, kind of like how search is going to change. I think that's very fundamental. Um, what else we we talked about kind of diversification. I think that's that's kind of like an extremely important uh, an extremely important thing to and 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 let me say on this like I talk to you know my, like when I when I'm selling right when I'm selling which obviously I do 
I talk to many of the aggregators. So I like this week, I am probably talking to about five of the aggregators, senior people in, in these businesses. And it's clear that these guys all have the strategy of expanding into new marketplaces. Like it's something I'm hearing again and again and again. And again, this is, this is kind of like why, as we talked about with talking to your customer, like it's super important to be listening and, and not just like, I don't go to a sales call and just like, trying to sell anything. I always like try and take 20 minutes to listen and then 10 minutes at the end. Um, and it's a big, it's a big concern of all these guys. And like, they know what, you know, uh, whatever you say, good or bad about the aggregators, they, they're having a really rough time, but like there's some smart people in these businesses. And like, for sure, it's a massive strategic thing. They're all thinking about this. They're all thinking about new channels. So like, it, it, you know, they do, it's definitely worth doing. Um, so we talked about diversification, uh, obviously this non-domestic kind of, challenge and like talk to your customers um yeah i say those are my top three i think we covered we've covered them in some detail i love it what was the other question josh sorry <laughs> i think that's it would you have any other advice for um, uh, sellers that want to scale from seven to eight figures and more i think like fundamentally um and i'm not an expert in this at all but i think fundamentally you have to have a great product so it's not it's not something that like i i particularly need to have have any insights into being honest but like i think you can't really have it doesn't make sense to have a great product listing which is what i really help with without having a great product and i'm like i'm also like i also don't really have much advice on the paid channels because like at, like when i was an account manager at amazon like i saw people like literally pouring money down the drain on on ads and stuff and like is really i'm sure that there's great people out there who know a lot more about this than me like it really put me off. We've not done any paid channels of the content. I've not done any like like any of this like Google Ads anything. So I don't know like much about that. I'm I'm very like I like part of it is because I've seen how it's tough, and also because I believe this stuff is going to be changing like in the short term of like you know like on Bing now. Like I I get customers who come to me and say, oh, we found you through ChatGPT. You know, like they put in the question to ChatGPT and it gave them us, which is crazy, right? Like we and and like. You can't do paid advertising on ChatGPT, right? Like, so it's, yeah. it's, I've no idea how they like. It, it's really cool, but I think this, like, the world is, is is really changing. So, like, if you're just focusing on having a great product um, that customers love, and and then like, yeah, you're like you're focusing on honest and like accurate, ad, like marketing of that on the product listing. You know, beautiful images, like. Uh, triggering emotion and like visually super impressive and very clear what the benefits are from your infographics and, and the, and the copy kind of generate like a sense of like emotion, but at the same time, a sense of like scarcity and urgency and acting now, which is like what we what, like, what, again, what would like, what we focus on then, then, you know, then you're going to do well. Um, and that's kind of, I think just making sure those are like, you've got to have those basics, right. And they can take you very far. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Max, this has been amazing. And as we start to wrap things up, I'd love to leave our guests with three actionable takeaways from each episode. Yeah. So here are the three takeaways that I noted. You let me know if uh, you think I'm missing something. Yeah. So action item number one is going to be piggybacking off of what you just talked about, which is having a really good product. And it's not just having a good product in general, but here's the main point. AI is revolutionary revolutionizing e-commerce it's making it easier for overseas sellers to be able to tap into markets and the barriers to entry are getting lower and lower 
So what is the one thing that will continue to be a barrier to entry? It's understanding your customer and the customer avatar that your product is is created for. And the closer you are to that customer, the more engaged you are with that customer, you can create products that better serve their needs than what any you know overseas seller that can only compete on price can dream up. And so yeah. I would double down on creating amazing processes to innovate products to better meet the needs of your customers. So can I add an actual tip on Yeah, on let's that. hear it. Sorry to, sorry to jump in, but I think it's very actual in the product world. It, it, like understanding like this, like the close substitute that people have, that your customers have already purchased. So if, if you see it, like if you're selling like a laptop case and you see someone who bought a laptop case, it's a great discussion. Like it's a fantastic discussion to have. Like, when did you buy this? What, like, what, like, what, like literally like you start, start with like, when did you buy it? So you kind of, like you get them in the frame of mind of thinking about that process, like what, what day of the week was it? What, how many months ago? Like how was it on Amazon? Was it on eBay? Like what led you to buy it? Like how long have you been thinking about beforehand? Like, like you just just have that discussion and like, you know, is it, 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 it and that, that is super helpful. And we do that all the time. Like I, I talk to, I talk to businesses who like hire, you know, like um, agencies or they hire um, people of Fiverr. And like obviously a different AI source, but just to understand like what what were they trying to solve when they made that decision, and how can you know and like just having that discussion around that decision, what was driving them, what they what were they anxious about, what was like pulling them towards it, what was pushing them away from it, and those discussions are just great for like you know for understanding product development, and you could you know depending on what consumer you're, but you could walk through like if you're selling bike stuff, you could go to a bike you know uh, get together people cycling or like if you're doing laptops go to a coffee shop and you can just have those discussions and you'd find like you know that's the advantage that you have like the non-domestic sellers can't just do that right they can't just walk up and have that those discussions so it's a huge yeah that's a huge thing that i think has been super helpful for us and i would encourage other businesses to do awesome love that great advice and recommendations action item number two coincides with what you just talked about of understanding the customer but this is building a community for Mm -hmm. your customers right Uh, everybody's talked about you know get product inserts build your email list but what are you actually doing with that email list how are you interacting and engaging with that community and that's something that you know i've taken away that like we're going to double down on this whole community because if you can have a thousand raving fans you know, you could really move into any new channels and they'll continue to follow you wherever you go. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, doubling down on community would be action item number two. If you're not doing that, start sending out emails, text messages, create a yeah. Facebook group um, so that you're interacting with that community on a regular basis and you stay top of mind to your customers. Yeah, one of my biggest mistakes I think I've made doing this is I have a WhatsApp group for, for my customers. And it's been great, super useful. And I actually put it on my website. So now anyone can join it, which was a massive mistake because we get like lots of random people. The WhatsApp community is a lot bigger now. Um, there's some spammy messages every now and again. And like the chat, which used to be like quite alive, has, has died. So like it was way better when I had like a small WhatsApp of like 35 people who I all knew were customers and I all met in person. And I had like added them to this WhatsApp. And then when we were discussing 
product features or whatever, I would always just message people and like put it in a group and like, hey, who wants to try this? It, and it was so useful. So I think it's, it's quality, not quantity of that as well. Like I really wish I hadn't put this group on my website because now, um, yeah, now, now it's, it's less good. But anyone listening to this, please join because I imagine you're the kind of person that I want on there. <laughs> I love that. Great example and great case study. All right. So our final and third action item is that you need to start adopting AI, no matter what it is, right? Whether it is using AI to create the copy, the bullet points for your listing or main images for your listing, or if it's using Dolly or MidJourney to come up with differentiated product ideas in general and maybe serving those ideas to your community, getting their, their feedback on it. Um, we don't know exactly what's going to change with AI. We, we talked about a lot of predictions that we have with AI, but long story short, it's going to evolve. And so it's super important for you to just not pull the covers over your head and ignore it, but to slowly start adopting it, utilizing it with your team members, understanding how you might be able to scale the business with fewer staff because of your implementation of AI. And so not turning a blind eye to it, continuing to follow the trends, um, following TikTok channels or YouTube channels that talk about new AI tools and just moving into it and utilizing it in your business will then allow you to see, you know, how you can make adjustments to better meet the needs of the customer and continue to pivot no matter what the marketplaces do with AI. So Max, as we wrap things up, uh, I love to ask each guest the following three questions. So Number one is what's been the most influential book that you've read and why? Um, it's a very easy answer. It's How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I remember reading this. It's got a strange title, and I do have friends, I promise you. It's, um, it's not why I read it, but I, I remember reading this about <laughs> two years into my Amazon career, and it completely changed how I interacted with um, people around me, and like my progression from that point was so much quicker and like there was no change in like how hard I worked or how, how smart I was it was literally just like into you know how to deal with people and so yeah, yeah super recommend that awesome that is a solid recommendation for sure yeah question question number two what's a new productivity tool or software tool that you've recently discovered that you think is going to be mm -hmm. a game changer I am going to do a favor to one of my friends I'm obviously very very uh, in the startup world at the moment, currently in uh, the Bay on an accelerator. Uh, but one of my friends has launched something called Advite. Um, it's a really cool tool for some of the stuff we discussed. Um, it's a social listening tool. And basically you get a Slack notification um, whenever on people mention your, like a topic you're interested about on Reddit. And I think they're expanding to other stuff. But fundamentally, like the MVP is on Reddit and it's a Slack tool and it's brilliant. So basically, Whenever anyone can mention like AI in e-commerce or something like this, um, I'm notified immediately and I can jump into the conversation and I do. Uh, and like wherever I am in my day, like it just pops off my phone and it's a great way to talk to customers and like, you know, do all the stuff we talked about. That's amazing. What's the name of the tool? Advite? Advite. I believe advite.ai. Yeah. So yeah, A-D-V-I-T-E dot AI. All right. Advite. Great. Yeah. The, the founders are really good, really determined. They're going to like, this is going to be massive, I think. So I, I have full, awesome. full faith in them. 
I love that. I love new tools, new AI tools like this. This is fantastic. Mm -hmm. All right. Last question here, Max. Who is somebody that you admire or respect the most in the e-commerce space that other people should be following and why? Um, I mentioned Ed. I'm very grateful for Ed. I think he does a great job for kind of all this seller suppression stuff. I think he's amazing. I think the other person I call out is John Durkis. Maybe you've had him on the podcast. He's he's ex-Amazonian. He like for a number of years as well and and he's a big seller as well um and he's also been a he's been a good mentor to me and bounced a few ideas off over the course of you know this um i'm grateful for him and his newsletter is i think it's one of the best because it um is not one of the like i i try to load these newsletters now because i just want to understand what customers are thinking and i see some of this stuff and i'm like this is complete garbage and like you know it's kind of just like uh, he he's one of these Amazon gurus who've actually been there, done it from both sides. So I think he yeah he's a good one. Yeah, those are both some solid recommendations, and we do have uh, John Durkett's on the on the pipeline oh, for one of our podcasts. So he will be coming go. up. I and, hope he uh, out me. <laughs> so yes, yeah, stay stay tuned for his episode. Well, Max, this has been an exciting episode. If people want to learn more. Um, about your software, your tool that you're yep. doing, or follow you, where can people learn more? I'm probably most active on LinkedIn, as cringy as that sounds. So Max Sinclair on LinkedIn. Um, if you want to email me, I'm max at econtent.ai. Econtent is e-commerce content kind of merged together. So that's E-C-O-N-T-E-N-T dot A-I. Maybe it'll be a link in the notes somewhere. I don't know. Uh, yes, yeah, there will. There will be. Okay. So you can find me there. Awesome. Well, Max, thanks so much for giving us your time today and for sharing all these great strategies and helping us uh, gain some predictions of where things are going with AI and how that we can stay ahead of everything. So thanks again for your time. Thank you, Josh. Great to talk to you. Thank you for listening. Visit ecombreakthrough.com for more information. If you've enjoyed today's episode, the best way you can show your appreciation is by clicking the subscribe button and quickly leaving a review. See you again next time.